Let's talk with JKJ. JKL. 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 Let's talk with JKL. And welcome to another episode of Let's Talk with JKL. With me today is my brother, Luke. Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Well, that's good. You got anything going on? Yeah, I'm doing all right. We're, it's a little You're rainy watching. down here in the desert. Just watching a little basketball. I was noticing that from uh, Monique DeBarge's post she put up a little bit earlier. It was really rainy and stormy and windy. Uh, a little bit, kind of like weather weather up in the northwest. Um, the boys and I were able to get a little basketball in at the park before it started raining. Yeah. Now it's pretty bad. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's a good time to get out of there and get inside and watch a little hoops. Huh? Uh, college basketball? I'm watching um, a little of the North Carolina-Louisville game right now. I had the pleasure of watching yeah. uh, Zion Williamson earlier. He was dominant. Well, interesting you mentioned Zion Williamson. I was going to talk about him on the broadcast today. Podcast, sorry. Um, let's take a look at Zion's game log here. I was noticing that he's really killing it in field goal percentage. Like he's had several games where he's been over 80%. And even today he was at like almost 77% with a 13 for 17 clip, six rebounds, five steals. I mean, he's really an amazing guy. Yeah. He's an all around player. I, I you know, I know his field goal percentage is pretty high because a lot of his shots come from inside, but he can also step out and hit the three. You know, he's got I think he had five steals today. And, you know, he's just a specimen that I haven't seen come into the NBA since LeBron James. He sort of reminds me a little bit of Len Bias, although um, might be even a little bit stronger at his age. Yeah, that's, that's what I was When they were both like freshmen. I was thinking, I, I mean, his build is that of uh, – you know, a grown man for sure. He, he's definitely been in the weight room. And I mean, LeBron, when he came into the league was not built like that. He was thin and you know, over the years he's, he's built up his body, but it's just, if Zion can stay healthy, he's definitely going to be one of the top players in the NBA next year. Do you think he'll go number one? Yeah, he should go number one. I was thinking that his teammate, RJ Barrett, might go number one earlier in the year, but watching them together, he just, to me, stands head and shoulders above the competition. I would definitely agree with that. Um, let's take a look, a look at the uh, rankings right now in the uh, NCAA. We're coming up on March Madness here, the end of this month. Right now, Tennessee, surprisingly, number one. I mean, they've come out of nowhere this year. With an eighteen and one record, clear they've got some coming up against LSU and Kentucky, and then another home game against Kentucky. So uh, they've really been impressive so far. Yeah, they look good. They have uh, 
you know, they have a lot of leadership on their team and they're just cohesive. Um, they're definitely right there at the top with Duke and Gonzaga and a couple of other teams. Also, Virginia is looking yeah, good Virginia this year. Is one of them um, too. You're right. Like last year, they they had a great regular season and then they sort of fizzled out in the tournament. I wonder if if that's going to inspire them to go a little farther this year. I think I think they'll be right there. They, you know, you never know in the tournament. I I think Duke has the most talent, but there's there's several good teams that could knock them off. Well, that's the thing I like about the tournament. It's a one and done, and so. Any given day, you could have a couple of guys off from a dominant team and then one of these uh, Cinderella teams just playing out of their heads that day and come up and beat them. And right. we've seen seen that happen in the past, and that's what makes it so fun, I think. Right. It is kind of sad for me to see the state of the Pac-12 and possibly only getting one or two teams into the tournament. And hopefully Washington will be one of them, though. Well, Washington's definitely um, the highest, probably the highest ranked team right now. They're they're not in the top twenty five, but they're like they've got votes to make them about twenty eighth. If you were to count the the other uh, teams, and there really isn't another Pac ten team that's coming uh, coming through like them at this point. So I would hope to see them at least in the tournament and maybe yeah, whether they win the eight yeah, whether possibly. they win the Pac twelve tournament or not. I mean they're undefeated at this point in tournament play and they play UCLA today and I think if they win they'll be at nine and or something like that. So halfway through the season in the, the league they'll be undefeated, which is hard to do in any league really. That is hard to do. I didn't expect to see them go undefeated to this point in the league, but I'm certainly happy to see it. They've got some good. Noel is in his second season out of Seattle, and he seems to be picking up his game quite a bit yeah, this they, year. Yeah, um, they got a really good mix of players. They have the leadership of um, Thibel and Dickerson, and then, like you said, Noel is a NBA talent for sure. It looks like the future's really bright. They have a they they just signed. A, a player, Isaiah, I think Isaiah Kennedy. I'm not, I think that might be his last name. He's a top five player in the country. And they're hoping to get the kid from Federal Way as well, who's just dominating play up there. It's nice to see that they can keep some of those local products in Seattle. Doesn't always happen, but I think um, their coach is doing a good job. I mean, he's in his, what, second or third year and just seemingly getting them to play at their. Yeah, it's really nice to see. I think this is only a second year, and being at Syracuse as an assistant for as long as he was, he did have a lot of connections as far as um, being a recruiter in New York and some of the other major cities over there. So I think he kind of set the groundwork for um, getting some of the recruits to come in now, and I like his style. I like he's no-nonsense. He's got that really tough zone defense that they play, and you know, he's really put his stamp on the program. I, I, I thought it might be kind of hard to follow Romar, but he's doing a great job. And now uh, let's move on to the Gonzaga Bulldogs, um, another Washington State team that we've been following for many years. Uh, this seems to be one of their top teams that they've had for many years, led by Rui Hachimura, who's averaged a game. Yeah, he's a good player, but they also have a, a guy that just came back named Tilly, 
who's going to be tough, and also a guy named Clark, who might actually be their best player. So they got an incredible front line that's going to be hard to beat in the tournament. Brandon Clark, yeah, he was uh, at, I believe, San Jose State last year. And he's really coming into his own. He's averaging almost eight rebounds a game, shooting almost 70%. So he's a welcome addition to them. They've also got Josh Perkins, who fills in with 10, 11 points, almost seven assists, almost one and a half steals. So I really like their potential to at least make it to the final four this year. What do you think? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. They have um, definitely the best mid-major program in the country and every year they seem to um have a group even if it's a new group of players they seem to just come together and play great around tournament time and mark few is definitely one of the most underrated coaches in the country well i would agree with that he's got he's got like the highest win percentage i believe of all active coaches and uh he's definitely a probably a top 10 coach of all time in my opinion uh, maybe that's stretching it, but I mean, he hasn't won a championship yet. Maybe once he does that, he'll get some of that consideration. Yeah. Um, well, why don't we go on and talk a little of NBA basketball, if you don't mind? Why don't we do that, Luke? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a short break, and we'll be right back. Here. Uh being on today Luke let's talk a little NBA all-star game that's coming up here in about two weeks um let's go over some of these players that have been selected first and then we'll talk about some of the ones that were right. snubbed um so the two captains are Giannis Antetokounmpo let's see if I get that name right it's not a, I think it's Antetokounmpo Antetokounmpo okay well two Antetokounmpo, that's it. Yeah, Antetokounmpo. So he was the uh, most improved player in 17. This is his third All-Star. Right now he's averaging just over 26, almost six assists, and almost 13 rebounds a game. He's really an anomaly, I would say, as far as uh, athletes go. I mean, he's what? He's close to seven feet tall. And he basically seems to be like a point guard, small forward, you know, just a real interesting player to watch. He's really exciting. Probably one of the most exciting in the league right now. Yeah, his versatility is amazing. He's probably one of maybe just a couple of players in the league that can guard any position on the court. Um, you know, I think LeBron is kind of like that as well. But uh, Giannis just athletically, uh, we haven't really seen a player like him. He's, he's like around 6'11", but he has like a 7'5 wingspan and, the only thing he doesn't have really have is a good three-point shot, but if he develops that, he's definitely going to go down as one of the all-time greats. For sure, one of the top three players in the league right now. I would agree with that. Uh, perhaps the MVP, other than the crazy season that uh, our next uh, person of it had, which is James Harden. Um, what do you make of his amazing scoring uh, going on. He's averaging over 36 a game, and I don't think we've seen scoring like that since Jordan averaged 37 back in, I think it was his first or second year. I'm not sure. Yeah, are you talking – I can't really – you're kind of coming in and out, but are you talking about Harden? 
Yeah, James Harden. Yeah, it's amazing the streak that he's on. Uh, I keep waiting for him to have at least one off game. And he has had a couple of off shooting games, but that streak of 24 games in a row of 30 points or more is is one of the greatest streaks I've ever seen. It's it's something to behold. I mean, his offensive skills, he's just taken it to a different level. And at this point, it doesn't matter who he's playing against. He's pretty much unstoppable, especially when Chris Paul's out. And then he just handles the ball. And I think his usage rate is close to 50% with Paul off the floor. So um, it's been amazing, you know. It really has been. I mean, it seems like he's just been in this zone for close. I've seen other players get into that zone uh, maybe for a few games, but to just do it for 24, 25 games in a row is really a miraculous feat that probably will go down in history as one of the greatest seasons ever. I think so. I think so. And then and that step back move of his, I mean, that's going to be go down as one of the greatest moves ever. It's maybe not the sky hook, but it's, it's unstoppable. He's really perfected it. That's for sure. Okay, let's look at the, some of these other players that have made the All-Star game. We've got Stephen Curry in his sixth game. He's an NBA MVP. Kevin Durant, 10-time All-Star, also having a good year. Joel Embiid uh, in his second All-Star game, averaging over 27 a game. Paul George for OKC is having a phenomenal year. He's in his sixth right. All-Star game. Um, he, he seems to uh, have taken over the leadership of that team for sure. And Russell Westbrook seems okay with playing second fiddle. He's still averaging a triple-double. Yeah, you double, can't so really call some... sneeze at. I think – I wouldn't say that a second fiddle. I mean, anybody that averages a triple-double is uh, you know not going to take a backseat to anybody. But that combination of the two is just – it's been incredible. It's definitely been, I'd say, the top one-two punch this year along with – Curry and Durant. I would definitely agree with that. So then you've also got Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, who's averaging over 27 a game, where some people, I think, uh, weren't sure how he was going to fit in over in Toronto. I would say he's fit in quite well. And if they can make it to the finals, I think he'd have a hard time moving on. What are you talking of Kawhi? Kawhi Leonard. I don't know. It, it, Kawhi is hard to figure out. You don't, I don't think too many people really know what's inside his head sometimes. I think he's just such a quiet um, guy who's you – know, you, you just don't know what he's going to do and what he's thinking really. It seems like he's a good fit for Toronto, but he, maybe he doesn't like the city. I don't know. So I, I think um, that could go any anyway. Even if they win the title, I don't know that he'll stay there. Well, I hope he does, because I think that's a nice combination with him and Lowry and uh, Serge Ibaka. They've got some nice young talent over there, too. Uh, Siakam yeah, is I'd quite good. Yeah, I'd have to say that Siakam on. is um, one of the most improved players in the league, for sure. Would have been nice to see him in a reserve role in the All-Star game, but I guess maybe next year he might might come into that. Okay, let's take a look. Uh, we've got a, one more guy, Kemba Walker, who was a starter. But let's take a look at some of these reserve players. LaMarcus Aldridge, um, he's uh, in his seventh All-Star game. He's averaging 21 and almost nine rebounds. He's the one I think that some people uh, might have thought uh, could have 
not made it or maybe made it. You know, he was a question mark between him, I think, and Gobert. Who are you talking Gobert's about? I can't. You're going season. in and out. I didn't hear the name. Oh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Oh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I would have probably. I would have definitely gone with Gobert over Aldridge. Um, the guy that I'm really impressed with this year and is another one who's taking it to another level is Nikolai Jokic. He's been amazing the way he can handle the ball and just his all-around game, even though he doesn't maybe have the athleticism as some of them. He has an incredible feel for the game. Are you there? Brother? Brother? And welcome back to Let's Talk with JKL. Can you hear me now, Luke? Yeah, that's a little bit better connection. Yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on there. I can hear hear me. Okay, so we were talking about the NBA All-Stars. So we were talking about Jokic, and now I wanted to kind of talk about Anthony Davis. Um, I know that he's been seeking a new team lately. He's kind of done with the New Orleans Hornets, apparently. I'm just wondering how you feel about these players that just in the middle of the season, when they have another year on their contract, request for a trade and almost uh, tie the hands of the team uh, to try to get something out of them, you know, so they can, you know, get something in return. But it doesn't seem fair to me, to the team, to just bail out and just say, I want to, you know, know what's going on behind the scenes but that seems kind of like an unfair thing for a player to do just like in the middle of his yeah contract. I agree I think um the players are they just have way too much power in the NBA now and you know the fact that um LeBron James's agent is also Anthony Davis's agent it seems like um they do they just try to create these power teams and it leaves most of the teams in the league left behind to really to have really no chance to win the championship when there's four or five teams that have like three superstars. So it makes it tough on the rest of the league when they, they, these power plays are, are um, demanded and you're right. What's new Orleans going to do now? You know, are they going to, I had uh, somebody tell me that maybe new Orleans can be, you know, they can, be the Lakers scrub team that you know they're going to get all the old Lakers. They'll have Julius Randle, Kuzma, Alonzo Ball, and a bunch of other players from which where the Lake was a Laker team last year. Exactly that that does seem to be what's happening. Um, I'm not sure that you know with the with the Laker young talent that they could get if that's going to you know bring them anything as far as championships because it seems like without those you know major all stars the teams just, you know, flounder once they get to the playoffs without the experience. Now, I'm not saying in five years after they've got some experience, they could do something. But certainly if the Lakers were to get Anthony Davis and then another top caliber player over the summer, they would definitely be vying for the championship with Golden State, who's already amassed five all-stars, which is unheard of to this point. Uh, do you think anyone's really got a chance to beat the Warriors? This um, year? I think the Warriors are going to win the championship this year, unless they have injuries. 
But it looks like after this year that things could change. I'm expecting Kevin Durant to leave. I'm expecting Clay Thompson to leave, um, possibly DeMarcus Cousins. So they're going to be a much different team. They've had an incredible run, definitely a dynasty, but I think it's going to come to an end after this year. But this year, I think they're, they're, they're going to be very, very tough to beat with Cousins in the, in the mix right now. As far as the Lakers go, um, you know, with Anthony Davis, LeBron, Rondo running the point, they get a couple shooters to surround them. They instantly will go to one of the top five teams in the league. Especially if they pick up someone like with the caliber of someone like Clay Thompson, who is discussed uh, maybe heading down that way. Yeah, I agree. That's all. I mean, I don't under- really understand why the Lakers team consists of a lot of players who really are not good shooters. You, the best strategy for me is to me is to surround LeBron James with shooters. Exactly. So, um, yeah, Stevenson not exactly considered a great shooter. Obviously, uh, Kuzma's not got a high percentage. So, yeah, they're just dealing with what they have this year, but they didn't really pull in a whole bunch of shooters, which is kind of an odd thing to me. Uh, if they were trying to do something this year, maybe they were putting all their, their eggs in the next year's basket. Possibly. I mean, the Lakers do have some good young players. I really am impressed with Zubach at times this year, as well as – He has come in and played well. He really has, and he's only 21 years old. So I, I hope they – if they do get Anthony Davis, I hope they hold on to him. I think him and Davis and LeBron could really work well together. I agree. Let's take a look at um, what the NBA has done uh, as far as inviting Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade to play in the All-Star game. What, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's fine. I mean, if they'd want to add an extra spot, if it doesn't take away from one of the other All-Stars, I think it's fine. Dirk and Dwayne Wade are two of the top 20 players of all time. So I think it's great. And I hope they do get in there and I hope they are able to perform. I know Wade still is a pretty good ball player. Dirk is <laughs> definitely having one of those years that is obviously his last. He's Barely a shadow of his former self at this point. Him and Pau Gasol, like a lot of veterans who play into their 40s, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to play when you get to be that age. So why not invite Pau Gasol and, uh, say, Vince Carter to the game as well? I mean, why, why these two? Uh, that's a good point. I think they figure that maybe they'll play next year. Vince Carter, I don't think he said that this is his last year. Maybe Dirk and Dwayne Wade were the two that made it most known. And even though Pau Gasol and Vince Carter have had great careers, I don't think they're considered quite as great as Dirk and Dwayne Wade. I don't know. So you don't think Vince is going to make the Hall of Fame? No, I didn't say that. I think he's definitely Hall of Fame worthy and definitely a great player in his own right. And you're right. Maybe they should have invited him. I don't think they can invite that many players, though. I think two is probably their limit. I just don't like the – I'm not really happy with the precedent that it sets, personally. I mean, there's nothing wrong with um, bringing them to the game and honoring them, but I don't think it's really necessary to suit them up and actually have them play in the game since they really haven't earned an all-star mm, spot. That, that's an interesting thought. You're right. Um, I can see your point on that. But 
it doesn't really bother me one way or the other. Um, some of the, but it does bother me to see some of the all-stars that got left out. So maybe we could talk about a little bit about some of the snubs. Why don't we do that? Let's start off with uh, an obvious snub to me. That's Tobias Harris. He's having a great year for the Clippers. The Clippers didn't have anybody make the all-star team. Uh, last year, Lou Williams didn't make it, and I thought maybe he should have. But this year with Tobias's year, he's having. And then the uh, Clippers being inside uh, playoff contention, I just think that perhaps he, he got snubbed out uh, and maybe Clay Thompson, who's having a good year, but lowest in three-point percentage in his career. And also Doncic. Uh, what do you think about those two players not getting in? Um, good point. I think Tobias Harris is definitely underrated. And without him, the Clippers would not be where they are now. I, I think Gallinari and Tobias Harris, they kind of maybe – the two of them kind of hurt each other's chances to make the all-star game because they both are similar players with similar stats and, and it's nothing that jumps off the page. I think that kind of hurt them a little bit, but Tobias, I think he would have been a worthy all-star for sure. And Donchick, Donchick has really just been on fire the last month or so. They've really just kind of given him the reins and he's just taken off and, He's in, he's pretty incredible, um, and again, he's another one that could have made it. But the, it seems like there's a cards in the West. One player that maybe you know is definitely an all star in the past, but hasn't had quite the year he's had in the past is Clay Thompson, and he still made the team. Yeah, you think that's just because he's on the Warriors, and you know, does that have some effect? And they've won championships and just his reputation. Definitely the reputation has a big thing, a big part of it. I mean, who else was left off on the West as far as guards? Uh, Rudy, oh, uh, as far as guards, uh, Derek Rose has had a pretty good season for the T-Wolves coming back from injury, and he's played pretty well. He's had some big games. He had one game over 50. Um, he was actually voted to the starters by the fans. Um, so they, they didn't listen to the fans, which in – one case, they the fans also picked Dwayne Wade as well as Doncic, and Dwayne Wade obviously hasn't had an All Star type no. year, so I can understand the coaches or uh, the players, whoever's in charge of, uh, or who I guess it's a combination of the fan vote, right. the players, the coaches, uh, executives, I guess. But um, it would have been nice to see Doncic make it. Uh, maybe Donovan Mitchell's also having a good year. Um, so there's there is a lot of guard talent now what do you think about the west east format do you think it should just change and make the tw top 24 players uh, be selected as opposed to east west because it, it does seem like uh, the west this year is a bit deeper don't you think yeah the west has been deeper probably for the last 10 years or so um, I think they have a pretty good winning percentage over that time as well so, yeah, they maybe should go to a different format to, like, mix the players up. You know, it, I don't know. It, to me, it doesn't seem like, you know, there's that rivalry, like NFL, AFC, NFC, and baseball, American League, National League. seems like in the NBA, they, all of the, you know, most of the All-Stars are friends. And I just think it would be more fan-friendly if we just mixed it up. I think just to have, try to find the top 24 players, maybe they should just go to, like, the fantasy stats 
who has the top fantasy stats because the fantasy stats are a combination of all the different parts of the game, steals, blocks, shooting percentage. And really it, it shows who the best players are, the ones that are getting the top scores in fantasy. So, you know, perhaps that might be a, a method for that they can look at in the future. I think that's a good idea. I like that. I like that a lot. And you can say what you want about fantasy stats, but it really does show what kind of player you are, what kind of all-around player you are if you are a good fantasy player. And there's some really good real-life players that you want on your team that maybe are defensive stoppers or whatever, but you know, I think those aren't the kind of players you want to see in the all-star game, really. That's true. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the big game tomorrow with Patriots-Rams. And I also want to talk about a gentleman who we're both familiar with from the music scene that passed away last week by the name of James Ingram. I know he's one of your favorites. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about James Ingram. I'm also going to play a few James Ingram songs in between our discussion here just uh, because I know we both really appreciated him as Sounds an artist. Sounds good. All right. And welcome back to Let's Talk with JKL. And we're here with Luke Lobers, my older brother, who uh, was a big fan of James Ingram. He passed away the 29th this year from brain cancer, home in Los Angeles. Um. He worked with J, uh, Quincy Jones, where he uh, was nominated for a Grammy for Best New Artist. He had some eight top 40 hits. Uh, well, I um, kind of um, discovered James Ingram my senior year in high school in 83, and I didn't really know anything about him, but I heard one of his songs playing, I think, in the locker room at school. And I think it was um, 100 Ways. And I just really, really was drawn to that. And I discovered Just Once and his collaborations with Quincy Jones. And over the next few years, he became my favorite artist. You know, I loved all the things he did as far as um, his duets with Patty Austin and Linda Ronstadt and the different soundtracks that he was involved in. And, you know, I just, I just feel like his voice is just one that is super distinctive and uh, just, it's amazing. Just the, I don't know, the tone and just the feeling that he can, he can get out of it. And, you know, I've, I've thousands and thousands of hours listening to James Ingram, and I didn't even know he was sick. So I was lucky enough to see him in concert probably about 20 years ago, and it was definitely one of the highlights of any concert I've ever seen. So I, I was very, very sad to see him pass. And, you know, the great thing about musicians is even when they're gone, we still have their music. And uh, I've been playing him over and over these last few days. Uh, are you away from your microphone a little bit more at this point, Luke? Um, I'm, or clo away from the phone? You sound a little bit farther clearly? away. Loudly, is it? Are you just have it in the same position? Oh, okay. Set. 
I will agree though that yes, uh, artists that put out music that you know we can listen to after they pass away. It's really a great thing that we are able to do that. They can leave that musical legacy. He certainly did coming out, uh, coming out with James or uh, Quincy Jones album, the dude with just once in 100 ways. And then when he came out with his first album uh, in 1983 or 84, I guess it was, he um, got his first number one with how do you keep the music right. playing? And oh, actually I think it was, I don't have the heart. From it's real. Yeah, I think I don't have a heart came a little bit later, but it was like whatever we imagine, Yamo be there. Um, How do we keep the music playing? That was like his on his um, debut album, and then I don't have the heart came up maybe a couple years later. But yeah, those are just songs that are gonna last forever. Yeah, nineteen ninety. You're right. That's when that one came from. It's real. But you're right. Yeah, those other ones were from 84, 85. Right. But yeah, just a great guy. Um, sorry to see him pass away at 66. Um, does make you think, you know, as we get older, you know, to try to f- get things done in our lives and not wait, uh, push forward, um, that kind of thing. So we just will uh we'll miss him but luckily we still have his music yeah he'll be missed for sure great man great artist so let's move on uh to the big super bowl tomorrow um between the patriots and the los angeles rams who uh their is this their first year in la or second this is not their first year i believe it's their second year for sure it's not their, their first might be their third LA. I'm not sure either, but um, it's just nice to see uh, that they've made it to the Super Bowl, albeit controversial uh, ending to that Saints game, which I think most people would agree was just a bad call that they missed at the time, but they didn't have a process where they could review the play and change it. So first of all, you know, why do they have that? uh, Why isn't it reviewable? I mean, it was in the last two minutes. You'd think, like in the NBA, in uh, calls that are within the last two minutes, certainly they had lots of views of the play. And they should have just done the right thing and changed the call. Maybe, maybe they just can't go against their rules, but we see what the fallout was from from that really bad call and the the sadness that a lot of people from New Orleans and just you know watching the game felt for that team, knowing that had the call been made, New Orleans – you know, had they made the close in field goal would have been going to the Super Bowl. I don't think I've ever seen a situation like that before. No, that was definitely a game changer. And I think the problem was they couldn't overturn the call or review it because it was a judgment call. And I know they're looking into changing that rule, which is great, but not so great for fans or the New Orleans Saints, um, who probably – had a 95% chance or better to win the game if if they would have made that call. But the Rams did play a good game. They did come back from a two-touchdown deficit. And I'm not taking anything away from them. I think they're definitely a worthy Super Bowl team. I would agree with you there. It looks like the spread has the Patriots at minus two and a half. But looking at the ESPN 
uh, page here, preview page, it looks like 52% of the, of the people are picking the Rams, which I kind of find surprising um, with all the experience that the Patriots have uh, being, this is Tom Brady's ninth Super Bowl. Um, he doesn't seem to have really let up all that much uh, this season. He just seems to be able to, you know, pass it to whoever's out there. And he, I know he's also got a little bit longer time to throw in the pocket. I was looking at some percentages of how long the Patriots linemen hold their blocks and it's number one uh, in the NFL. So they're giving him a little more time for someone like Tom Brady. If you give him an extra click, an extra second or two, he's going to pick you apart. So I know the Rams have an amazing defensive line with Aaron Donald, the highest paid player in the game at $22.5 million a year. Um, do you think he's going to be able to get to Tom Brady tomorrow and get him off his game at all? Do you think Tom will just have his way? Well, that's a good question. I was really surprised that – the Kansas City line couldn't get to him. They were definitely considered one of the best pass rushing groups in the league. They had the top pass rusher in the league, actually. So Aaron Donald is a force, but with two weeks to prepare, I have a feeling that they're going to double team him and come up with some schemes to limit his penetration. And then it'll be up to Dominican Sue and some of the other defenders. But, it's really hard to get to him because he gets rid of the ball so fast. He's got Edelman, who's just has a knack for getting open over the middle, and Gronk, of course. And it's going to be tough. And I think the reason that most people are picking the Rams is just because they don't want to see the Patriots win is one of the reasons, not because they're really thinking about it intellectually. You're probably right about that. A lot of people are uh... – against the Patriots, unless you live in Boston. I mean, you have to respect what they've done over the years. Obviously, this is their ninth Super Bowl. And it really, if they win the Super Bowl, it really has to go down as one of the top dynasties in professional sports, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say so. I would say, especially in football, I think the Patriots, what they've done with Brady and Belichick, is probably the top dynasty that we've seen, even better than the San Francisco dynasty or the Dallas or the Pittsburgh dynasties. I mean, just the, the longevity of it has just been amazing. And they're so consistent. I don't know how, I don't, I'm not sure how many AFC East titles they've won in a row, but I think it's in double figures. It's definitely a lot. Now, a couple of players that are going to be out of the game. One is Cooper cup who's one of the top receivers for the Rams, and then Josh Gordon, obviously, for the Patriots. Um, do you think that's going to have any effect, or do you think they offset each other by both being out? Well, neither one of them has played for quite a while, so they've really morphed into a different team without those two on the field. Um, the Patriots' secret weapon to me, and the one that doesn't get enough credit for what they've been doing, is Sony Michelle. I mean, he's been unstoppable on the ground. He definitely has. He'll, he's going he's gonna to be a good weapon for him, I think, throughout the game, you know, to keep uh, the defense honest and not trying to, you know, blitz so much. They can just uh, throw him a little uh, screen pass or, you know, run him up the middle. 
but yeah, he's definitely a good back. And, you know, that's really going to be a huge part of their offense if they can uh, get him to be effective, which, you know, he has been in the past. I don't see why he can't run against the Rams as well. We've seen other teams do it. But I'm picking, um, I'm definitely, I'm, you know, I don't like to pick the Patriots, but I am, am picking them this year. I just think that they've stepped it up to a new level here in the playoffs. And the Rams' inexperience is going to, it's going to, come to the forefront and Tom Brady, this may be his last Super Bowl that he can pull off, but I, I think he's going to do it again. I hate to say it. I'd, I'd rather see the Rams win, but I'm picking the Patriots. Do you have a score that you want to throw out there? It's going to be high scoring. just like the last few Patriots Super Bowls have been. And I, I heard somebody say that whenever the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, we know it's going to be a good game. And it usually is. It usually could looks like it's going to go either way and, they don't always win, but it's always high scoring. So I'm going to say 31 to 27. Greg the leg will get a couple field goals. So you think that they'll they'll go over the over under, which is 56 and a half. I guess 31 27 would be 58. So you're going with the I think over. So. It sounds like. I think that the game's probably going to be a pretty close game. Uh, both teams are, are pretty well matched. I think the experience of the Patriots will probably come through in the end as well. They might, you know, win on a game-winning drive. Uh, it's just hard to say. It's hard to predict how they're going to fare on this. Uh, you know, you just never know. I think it's probably going to be 28-24 Patriots. So um, Should be a good one. I guess that's just under. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to have to figure out a place to watch it because my CBS is not – Are you having a little Super Bowl party up there or anything? Well, I think our mom might be doing that over in Seaside. So I'm debating going over there. I might go up to our older brother Mark's house up in Longview. Or I might just go over to my friend's house here in Vancouver. I'm not sure what I'm doing yet, but I won't be watching it here because (laughs) I can't get it on this TV. What's kind of interesting is I'm having um, a little party here. Um for our our church group and it's really strange in that i'm really the only football fan in the entire group so we're having a party and um they'll be more interested in the halftime show and the commercials and um yeah it sounds like you might have to tell them to keep it down when when the good parts of the (laughs) second half are going on that's right (laughs) if they're not really interested you might have to get some i think i might have to get some headphones and listen to the audio on on that but um, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Isn't, I mean, obviously, these aren't two teams that I, I really root for on a regular basis, but I'm going to be rooting for the Rams like pretty much everybody outside of New England. Exactly. Well, thanks a lot for joining me today, brother. Um, we'll have to do it again. This has been fun. Um, I love talking sports with you and pretty much anything else, so maybe next time we'll go into a, a couple other different subjects other than sports. Well, we did talk about James Ingram, so that's yeah. One any any time you want to that. talk about music or movies or anything else, just let me know, and uh, I'm willing right, to we'll uh, to put my opinion out there. I know it's not always the best, but uh, I'll do my best to. It's your opinion, though. They can't argue with that. <laughs> anyway, bro, it's good talking to you. Thanks for letting me be in part of the podcast today. You have a great night. 
All right. Well, have a good one. Thanks for being part of it, too. Take care. Let's talk with J-K-L. Let's talk with J-K-L. Let's talk with J-K-L. Let's talk with J-K-L. Let's talk with J-K-L.